Turn to Acts chapter 20, and we're going to read from verse 7. Acts chapter 20, and we're going to read from verse 7. And the title of this message tonight is The Dangers of Sleeping in Church. The Dangers of Sleeping in Church. Make sure you nudge your neighbor. We don't want any snoring tonight. There was one time uh, a young person sitting right on this front row here, and he fell asleep in the middle of the preaching. His mouth opened, and he began to snore, and he enjoyed his sleep the whole way through the message. I'm not going to point my finger at anyone or look at anyone tonight, but there's the dangers of falling asleep in church. I want you to listen. Stay awake and not be too long. Paul, in this message here, he preached at midnight. I promise you that we'll be out before midnight, I think. I think. So Acts chapter 20 and verse 7 and says these words, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. You'd love to be in a service like that, wouldn't you? Continue the speech right up to midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber, and they were gathered together, and there sat in a window a young certain man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. And when he was therefore come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till the break of day, so he departed And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. Let's pray together. Father, in thy name tonight, we just pray for the moving of the Holy Spirit, for the anointing of God upon your word. Lord, we ask tonight, Lord, awaken us. Lord, take sleep from our eyes spiritually. And Lord, open our ears that we would hear tonight, Lord. Speak into hearts, Lord. Do a work in this meeting tonight. We pray for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I just heard just a few weeks ago, uh, the lads were talking about it. And I think there's a couple of people maybe in the meeting have one. But you can purchase a watch, apparently, that tracks your sleep. Is that right? Anybody got one here? You can purchase a watch that can track your sleep. It will use the movement in your body when you lie down in bed at night time to track whether you're in a sleep deep one, a light one. But the more expensive ones will measure also the heartbeat because sleep is connected to the heart. And so when we get these watches, you can print off a graph. That graph will tell you whether your sleep has been good, whether it's been light, whether it's been deep, when you've been awake or when you've actually fallen into that deep sleep. In the Bible, when we use this word sleep, there are three contexts or there are three meanings to the word sleep. One of them is death and the other one, the other two are spiritual and the other one is the natural sleep that we all have every night when we go to bed. The one that's death, of course, in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 14, we read there that if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Christ, those that have dead are dead in Jesus, will God bring with them? For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will not prevent them that sleep 
That's not the sleep that we'll do tonight. That's a sleep, the death that will come to us. Not only that, there is the natural sleep that we all have. Supposed to be every night around 10 or 11 o'clock if you're sort of our age and above. You like to get to bed early. If you're younger, you like to stay up late. But that sleep that we take every night is commonly known uh, as a condition of the body and mind which typically, occur, tip, typically occurs for several hours every night. And I want you to listen what happens in that natural sleep so you understand what happens, the dangers of falling asleep in church. In that time of sleep, the nervous system becomes inactive. The, the postural muscles begin to relax. And consciousness, this is important, consciousness practically is suspended. In other words, you have no idea what's happening around you. We would use the term, you're out of it. You're absolutely out of it. You have no idea what's happening. Anything could be happening, but because you have sunk into a sleep, your consciousness is suspended. You don't know what's going on around you. You know what happens when you go asleep? You have no idea what's happening. Everything is happening around you, but if you're asleep, you have no idea of what is happening. There's another meaning that says the natural periodic suspension of your conscience. Now, this is related to us spiritually. You're unaware of the activity or the dangers that are around you. It tells us here of this young fellow in this meeting. His name's Eutychus. It could be any young person or, or possibly even older person in this meeting tonight. That they were sitting in the meeting. The preacher was Paul the Apostle. How many of us would have loved to have been in a meeting where Paul the Apostle was the preacher? And so as he's gathered into this upper floor, third floor, and Paul the Apostle standing, and he begins to preach under the inspiration and the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's a young man as he's sitting there. It could have been a young woman, an older man or an older woman. But as Paul is preaching, time was sort of moving on a bit. It seemed to go past maybe the natural time that the meeting ended. And so Paul continues to preach. The Bible tells us right up even to the very midnight hour. And here this young man is sitting and he's beginning to sink deeper and deeper. His muscles are relaxing. He's starting to go down into that deep sleep. His eyes begin to become heavy. And now suddenly his eyes are closed and he's sunk in to a deep sleep. He is not even aware of what's happening around him. Can you imagine, I suppose from our point of view, we would be shocked that anyone would fall asleep when Paul the Apostle is preaching the gospel. We would be shocked that anyone would nod off in the midst of hearing the great testimonies of Paul the Apostle and the power of God and the testimonies from the mission field. We would all be on the edge of our seats, surely, just wanting to hear what God is doing in different parts of the world. To hear the great testimonies of healings and deliverances and the manifestation of the glory and the power of God. But not Eutychus. Eutychus was tired. He was tired in his body. He had maybe a long day and maybe betrayed the church against his will. And there he's sitting in the church and he's beginning to sink down in his seat. And now his eyes are beginning heavy. And Paul the Apostle is continuing to preach the unsearchable riches of the Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps he was sharing the testimony because if you go back over these previous chapters, 
We, we read all about the missionary journeys of Paul the Apostle. So maybe he was telling them in this meeting, he was beginning to share with them about the time him and Silas were in the prison house. Can you imagine? And now he's telling us about they were beaten, they were sore, and it was coming up to midnight. But I need to tell you about what the Lord Jesus done. We were sore, we were beaten, but at midnight we began to pray. And we began to sing praises unto the Lord. And the next minute at that time, the power of God came into that prison. The prison house was shaken. The prisoners were loosed. God stepped in. But Eutychus is sitting over at the window edge and he's completely oblivious to the great testimonies of what the Lord has done and doing. And he's sinking deeper into his sleep. Or maybe Paul went on to tell him something about the time when he was at Thessalonica, Jason's house, where the church were meeting together. And there he preached the gospel. And it wasn't so much a revival, but it was more like a riot. And after he left, they came and they ransacked the house of Jason. And they said, we're looking for those men that have turned the world upside down. Or maybe he went on to tell them about the time when he was standing at Athens in Mars Hill. And there was this unknown God, this, this statue of an unknown God. And all the intellectuals and, the, and all the philosophers of the world. And Paul standing there, he says, listen. You know, I stood there, but I had nothing. I had no other argument. I had nothing of, of the methods of man. But I just preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And suddenly Eutychus is going deeper and deeper and deeper into his sleep. Hard to imagine. Surely if it was Paul the Apostle, no one would fall asleep in his meeting. And so he's sinking deeper into his chair, just at the edge of the window. His eyes are closed. But then Paul continues on. Perhaps this is just me going along with it. But it's in the Bible. It's in the previous chapters. He's telling us about the time he came to Ephesus. And he tells us, you know, you've heard of Pentecost. But we had Pentecost all over again. We stood in that house. And we prayed for those men that were believers but hadn't received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And suddenly it was like heaven opened. It was Pentecost all over again. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak in tongues. It was glory in the meeting. And Eutychus is sinking deeper and deeper and deeper into his sleep. He's no idea what's going on. It's hard to imagine that someone would sleep through, through such inspiration, such anointing, such testimonies. But he's sinking deeper. He's now not aware that he's very close to the edge. He's sitting on the windowsill. But Paul hasn't stopped because the Bible tells us he's going right on to midnight. He's so full of God, the stories, the testimonies, the reality of God. And maybe he tells us at Ephesus about the miracles. The Bible says special miracles. Special miracles were done by the hand of Paul. Evil spirits were cast out. Handkerchiefs were laid on the sick and the sick were recovering. Many believed those that were involved in the occult and all the dark practices and witchcraft. They got all their books together. They were so wonderfully converted by the power of a living God. They got all their occult practices, all their witchcraft, all their sorcery. They were so wonderfully changed by the power of God. We had a bonfire. And Eutychus is snoring now. He's oblivious. He's unconscious. He doesn't know what's happening around him. And yet Paul is preaching on. 
His speech was right up to the midnight hour. And perhaps, and I believe more than anything else, Paul would have been sharing his own personal testimony of the day and the hour that he met the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. He'd have been sharing about that moment, that wonderful moment, that born-again experience when he met the Lord and he was driving along and he was filled with bitterness and then the Lord knocked him off his horse to the ground and now he sees and hears the Lord and he's blinded and he's born of the Spirit of God on the road to Damascus and he's telling them all about it. And Eutychus is edging closer and closer and closer to the edge. You would think that surely, surely no one could fall asleep in such a meeting. Surely no one would nod off. And yet, friends, in the midst of this, the Bible tells us that young Eutychus had now fallen in to a deep sleep. He's out of it. He's not conscious of anything that's happening around him. It's like he's sunk into a place where he has no idea. I want to spiritualize this tonight. If you listen to me, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Don't do it. Because there's a spiritual application, and I want you to hear it because it's so important. There's a spiritual application. You see, sleep is not only as death, Sleep is not only known as what we do naturally every night, but also in the Bible, there is a spiritual sleep. And it's a dangerous one. And you need to listen. Even if you can listen, I promise you, I'm not going to midnight. Just a few minutes. But this is important. You see, spiritually, the Bible talks of us. You know when there's no consciousness when you're in a natural sleep, you don't know what's happening around you, but there's also a spiritual sleep. And it's a dangerous one because you're unaware spiritually that you're right at the edge and at any moment you could fall. And it's a dangerous one. And so many people, even many in this room tonight, are completely oblivious to how close to the edge that they've come. They're oblivious to the danger. They're not even interested most of the time about what the preacher's preaching, no matter who the preacher is. And ever, ever so gently, they're being edged ever closer, right to the edge, and they have no idea that in a moment, that in a moment they could fall. They could fall. The danger of being spiritually dead. Eutychus was sleeping, unaware of the fall, unaware of the danger, unaware of the imminent fall. It tells us in verse 9, there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and he fell from the third loft and was taken up dead. He had no idea. The dangers of a spiritual sleep, I want you to listen for a few moments, not be too long. There's a danger. And there are many in this room 
that are spiritually asleep. You're unconscious spiritually to the danger. Yes, on the outward, everything's fine. Everything's going tickety-boo. Everyone's great. We enjoy coming to church. We enjoy all the laughter, all the joking, all the, all the running about, all the fun. That's fine. But you're unconscious to the spiritual reality of an imminent fall. Not a fall from the third loft. Not a, not a fall from the third story out the window. But you're not conscious of an imminent fall into a lost eternity forever and ever and ever. It doesn't even register for some. It's dangerous. I'm, I'm telling you, this is dangerous. It doesn't even prick your conscience. But there's some here that does. There's some here that does. It's like Jonah when he was running from God. And you remember that he got into the boat and his desire was to go as far away from the purpose and the call of God that he possibly could. He was running from God. It tells us in Jonah 1 and 5 that there was a great storm and the men were crying out all to their gods and they cast forth their wares. They were that were in the ship into the sea to lighten the ship. But this is what it says about Jonah. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay, you know what it says? He's fast asleep. He had no idea. He was not conscious there was a storm. He was not conscious there was imminent shipwreck. He was not conscious of the danger. He was fast asleep. Friends, I want to tell you, there's some in this room, you have no idea of the danger. You have no idea of the imminent fall. You have no idea of the imminent danger that's upon you. You're asleep. You're asleep in the ship. It was the trickery and the deceitfulness. I want you to listen carefully because there's someone will rock you asleep. There's someone will nurse you asleep, no problem. There's someone will seduce you. There's someone that will stroke your hair. There's someone will let you lie over their lap and tell you everything's going to be fine. Just relax. It's all going to work out in the end. Just enjoy life. It was the trickery of the enemy to get the great champion of Israel, Samson. What did she want to do? Get him to sleep. Get him to sleep. That he's unconscious of the danger that's around him. If we can get him to sleep, if we can get him to lie across his Delilah's lap, if we can find out the secret of his power and his strength, if we can just slow him down, if we can just soothe him in some way, if we can just stroke those seven long locks of hair, and Samson, just sleep on for a while. Everything's going to be okay. And the great champion of Israel, Samson, the great man of God, who's seen the great victories of God, lies across the lap of Delilah. The Bible says, she shaved off the locks of his head. 
And now he's lying asleep unaware of the danger, the subtlety, the craftiness of the devil. A razor, just a razor, a pair of scissors, just slicing one lock off at a time. Samson, sleep on. Young person, just sleep on. Just relax. Everything's going to be fine. What's the secret of your power? It's the locks in my hair. Well, just lie down here for a while. Just lie down and relax. Go asleep. It's okay. Just chill out. All this born again stuff, all this getting saved stuff, all this heaven and hell stuff. Listen, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to go out there. And when I get 18, woohoo! It's all right. Samson, just relax. Just lie over my lap for a moment. And I'll stroke. I'll just soothe you for a while. You know, all them and all those Christians are all in your face. They're all narrow road stuff. And, but you know, you can just, you can just take it easy. You're in safe hands. So Samson lies across the lap of Delilah, unaware that at that moment, the strength has gone. He's in a deep sleep, just like Eutychus. He's unaware of the imminent danger. He's unaware that the enemy's at the door. You see, if the enemy can just lull you in to a place where you're unconscious of the dangers, he'll do it by lulling you. Or friends, he'll do it by destroying your life. If he can just lull you into that place of respectability, of just fitting in with the world, or he can do it by destroying your life and bringing you down to the gutter of addictions and alcohol and drug abuse. But he can make you respectable too. He can make you respectable too. And so here, Samson is about to awake. And she says, Samson, the Philistines are on you. The danger's come. The enemy's here. Samson awakes out of his sleep. And he says, well, I'll just do it like all the other times. I'll go on like the other times. I'll shake myself. And listen to these words. These words, these words are some of the most horrifying words in all of Scripture that you'll ever read. I want you to listen. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. He wist not that the Lord had departed from him. They're sober in words, friends. Well, I'll get saved when I'm older. I'll get saved in my time. I'll get saved when I'm married. I'll get saved when I settle down. I'll get saved when I've got a good job. I'll get saved when I think it's the right time. I'll get saved when I'm 30. I'll get saved when I'm 40. I'll get saved when I'm 50. When I've done my things, when I've partied and done my life, then that's when I'm going to get saved. Friends, it's the seductive power of Satan. He's a liar. He's a thief. He'll seduce you. And then, friends... 
It's too late. The Bible tells us in Mark 13, 34, For the Son of Man is taking a, taking a far journey, who left his house, gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, whether it be at evening, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he found you what? He found you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, Jesus said, watch, lest he comes suddenly. If he comes, if he suddenly comes, if he suddenly comes, are you asleep? Eutychus, unaware of the danger, as he's sitting in the window ledge, Paul the Apostle's preaching, it's now the midnight hour, he sunk into a deep sleep and suddenly, suddenly, he falls. Just suddenly. Suddenly he's out the window. Suddenly he's fallen from the third loft. The Bible says that he was taken up dead. I want to ask you tonight, if the Lord Jesus Christ, if the Lord Jesus Christ, the dangers of spiritual sleep, I want to ask you a question. Listen carefully, just for a few minutes, coming to an end. Listen carefully, the dangers of spiritual sleep. You see, there's a moment. There's a moment. Nobody knows when that moment is. Nobody knows. Not, not one person in this room, from the preacher to the front to the person at the back row, nobody knows what that moment is, when that moment comes. But there will be a moment in all our lives, if the Lord tarries, there'll be just a moment. If the Lord tarries, there'll be a moment in your life and my life. Just a moment. Just a moment. You'll breathe your last breath. Just a moment. Just one moment. Are you conscious of the reality of eternity? Are you conscious of the reality that there is a heaven and that there is a hell? Are you conscious that there's a God that loves you and died on the cross for you to save your precious soul? Are you conscious of the love of God, of His great mercy, that He has no desire for one person in this room to fall into a lost eternity. That's why He died on the cross. Are you conscious of that? That just one breath and one moment, just one breath, that's what separates every person in this room from the temporal and the eternal. A breath. Just a breath. That's an amazing thought. It's something we do every day, every second, and we don't even think about it. Anyone thinking about breathing? We just do it. But that breath, one breath, will be your last. One breath. One day, it will be your last breath. One day, you'll put your head on the pillow for the last time. One day, you'll have your last dinner. One day, you'll have your last breakfast. One day, you'll have your last hug or kiss from a loved one. One day, will be the last time you'll see your friends and your mates. One day, just a moment, just one moment. You'll go into eternity. Just a breath. Could be tonight. For any one of us in this room. 
Could be tomorrow. Could be next week. Could be next year. Could be 10 years. Could be 20 years. Could be 30 years. But one time, you'll take your last breath. And that's all that separates you from the temporal here and from the eternal, a breath. Eutychus lies dead. The Bible tells us this, that Paul went down and Paul fell on him. Paul fell on him. Here's a young man that's fallen asleep. The dangers that are around him, he wasn't aware. He wasn't even listening. He wasn't even conscious that it was Paul the Apostle and all the great message that he was speaking that night. But he just fell asleep. But when Paul heard the commotion he leaves, as it were, the, the stage or the platform or wherever it might have been, and he goes down, and there's a young man that's dead. If you're not saved tonight, the Bible says you're dead. You're dead in your sins. You're dead in your trespasses and sin. And Paul here, like a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul falls upon him and embraces him and says, Don't be troubled, for the life is in him. Thank God that the life is in Jesus. There's life in Christ. He's come to make dead men live. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me. What does he say? Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus has come that we might have life. And we might have it more abundantly. Eutychus! Listen, Eutychus! The Bible says that knowing the time, knowing the time. Do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? I'm not talking about the big hand and the wee. Do you know what time it is? Do you know the time we're living in? Do you know the days we're in? Do you know the time? It says that now it is high time to awake out of your sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Friends, God's speaking tonight. Maybe just the one. Maybe to a Eutychus. A male, a female, a young person or an old person. But God's speaking tonight. Spiritually, you're dead. But something in your conscience, that's the Holy Spirit, has awakened you to your need of a Savior and the imminent danger that in a second you could be in a lost eternity. You're now conscious of eternity. That's the Holy Spirit. And there's a voice that speaks. That's the voice of Jesus. Eutychus! Eutychus. There's a young man in the Old Testament. And it was the time to go asleep in the natural And it tells us it was a time when Israel were backslidden. And there the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. It tells us that there's a young man called Samuel was led down to sleep. And as he slept, this is what happened. The Lord called Samuel. 
He called him. I want to tell you the same voice that spoke to Samuel is the same voice. It's the same God. It's the same Savior that speaks into this meeting tonight. You're asleep, but your conscience is awakened to the voice of God calling you, not Eutychus, but calling you by your name individually. And if you hear his voice, the Bible says, don't harden your heart. Know the danger. Know the imminent danger. Be awakened to eternity. Be awakened to the Savior. Be awakened to this great salvation. Be awakened to the life of God and the, and the walk with that God has for you. But God calls you. Calls you in your heart. Is that the voice of a preacher? No. Is that the voice of a parent? No. Is that the voice of a friend? No. Friends, it's the voice of God. And he calls you. Samuel answered and said, Here am I. That was his response. I wonder tonight if you're here and you've been awakened spiritually to the voice, the still small voice of Jesus. You know that God's speaking to you. You know it, friends. You know it, that God's speaking to you. Will you respond with the words that Samuel responded with? Here am I. Here am I. Let's pray together tonight.